Everybody, thank you for uh, watching the Ed Fernandez Show. I have a special guest here. He's become a good friend. I have Danny Eric from Happy Jewelers. Danny, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you, Ed, for having me. It's no a pleasure. Pr- no problem, brother. Hey, so, you know, uh, you know, the show is all about, it's about life. It's about, you know, how good God is. It's about things and watches and cars. And so we have you here today to tell us a little bit about watches and jewelry and how you guys are balling out of control, how yeah. the store is just blowing <laughs> up, right? Um, tell me tell me a little bit about your background. I know, you know, you guys have been doing it for a long time, yeah. right? You and your brother Gabe. Yes. But I think it's more of a family thing, right? And it came from your dad and all that stuff. So why don't you get, get a little, like, a little overview of yeah. who Happy Julius is? So my dad, my dad grew up in a village as a farmer. Okay. And literally, it's in Turkey, in Mardin. It's like on the borderline of Turkey and Syria. Uh-huh. And he's always had a vision of going to Istanbul to the big city and trying to make a new life for him and his brothers and his family. Okay. So when he was 15 years old, sorry, 14 years old, my grandpa gave him a dollar to get to Turkey and to survive. In a Istanbul. dollar? A dollar, yeah. Like a U.S. dollar or a Turkey dollar? A Turkey dollar. Okay. So it was literally nothing. Okay. You know, he worked as a janitor. He worked as a driver. And then he started his little uh, repair shop. So he was repairing jewelry. He didn't even have a store or manufacturer yet. How did he? How did he learn about jewelry? Did he, he just... always had a vision for design? And uh-huh. He always loved jewelry. He always loved the gold business, and he always knew gold and jewelry would last forever. Okay, right? It was almost like a symbol of marriage, symbol of love. People would always gift it. And Middle Easterns, like in those regions of the country, when people get married and stuff like that, they gift gold. Okay. So he said, "You know what? This is a good business. It'll last forever." So he started a little jewelry shop, a little repair shop, uh-huh. repairing chains here and there. And then as he would get a little bit of money, he would make like a little bracelet, put it on his little jewelry table. Oh, he'd make it. Yeah. And then sell it and little by little. And then when he was 18 years old over there is mandatory army. Oh, shoot. So he brought his brother in to kind of handle the business while he was. And his brother was younger or older? Younger. Okay. Younger. So my brother, my dad is the oldest one. Okay. So when my dad came back from the military. My uncle didn't really know how to run the business that well. So he kind of almost lost 80% of it, right? Yeah. So my dad came back, started again, and he kept his brother there. And he just built Built it. Built. And he started his factory in Turkey. And then about 30 years ago, we came to the U.S. And he started the factory over here. And we've been in business for 50 years. 50 years. years. And then 20 years ago, when my brother was actually only 18 years old, he wanted to get into the retail space. So he opened up my brother, Happy Jewelers. Gabe? Yeah. Wow. And where did you guys, did you guys always be in, you guys were always in Fullerton or did you start somewhere else? So my, our factory is in downtown LA. Okay. But yeah, a retail store has always been in Fullerton. It's always been in Fullerton. Always. And yeah. what, why, why Fullerton? You know, my dad liked it because it was a central location, right? Okay. Fullerton is like, you know, it's 20 minutes, like 30 minutes away from Newport Beach, 30 minutes away from downtown LA, 30 minutes from Riverside. Got it. It's like so close to everything. He said, you know what? He said, this is the perfect place. Wow. Yeah. So how's it been for you guys? We're blessed. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. I mean, so, you when you come into the store. It's yeah, like, it's crazy. I, we go to the store and there's like a line outside. Yeah. You kind of, I kind of use it like... You know, are we in a recession or economic change? And you see all these people spending money and you're like, I think things are good. Things are, I know. It's crazy. Right? Because you it's, tell me when you get there, you're like, you know, there's not a line outside. I was getting a little worried. Yeah. Right? <laughs> people sometimes when they come in on a Saturday, 
and there's not a line and they walk in, but the store is jam packed. Yeah. They go, wow, you guys are so busy. It's always like this. I'm like, actually, I'm a little stressed out. There's not a line. <laughs> I know that. yeah. that's what you were telling me. So now you guys are like, uh, you know, I, I think you guys are like expanding, right? Yeah. So we actually took over next door. Okay. So we're going to be breaking the wall out and we're hoping that that grows the business too, because I think a lot, what happens a lot is like on a Friday, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and actually Monday are our busiest days. Mondays? Mondays. I thought yeah. you guys were closed on Mondays. No, we're up on Mondays. Okay. We're closed Sundays. Sundays. Yeah. So six days a week. Six days a week. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of customers sometimes are like, oh, you know what? We're not going to go in because we don't want to deal with the crowd. Got it. So I think once we expand it to the next door as well, yeah. we'll give people that room because sometimes it's like, you feel like I feel bad for customers because sometimes like I have to walk out of the store. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't even want to walk out because I don't want to deal with like pushing people out of the way. Right. I mean, you almost feel like you're at a bar. Yeah. Trying to grab a drink from the bar. Yeah. Counter, you it's know? crazy. It's crazy. It, it's it's just like and the inventory. I mean, you guys got. So, you know, we're going to we're going to talk about, you know, jewelry and watches and. And, you know, actually as an investment as well, right? It's not just, uh, like for, for me, I buy a watch. I would rather buy a watch, wear it on my wrist than have the cash sitting in the bank. Yes. Right. That, yep. That's my mentality. So yeah. we're going to, we're going to talk about all those things. And one of the things that, you know, what I really want to focus on at this point in time is, you know, it's, it's very hard to kind of get into these boutiques, AP, Rolex, Paddock, to, to, you can't just go into one of those stores like in South Coast and say, I want to buy this watch. Yeah. Why is that? So what these brands did is they made, they made it very difficult to get, right? So they added that, how can I say it, like the, um, the want, the need. I want something that I can't have. The exclusivity. The exclusivity. Exactly. Yeah. You took the words out of my mouth. Sorry, I couldn't get the words. <laughs> no, no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I was waiting for you to jump in and say it. <laughs> and they built off of that, right? You walk into a Rolex store. You know, there are some stores that put the money into those um, fake models where it's it's not a real movement. It's the actual watch. They'll let you try it on, but they don't allow you to buy it. Oh, right? I didn't know that. Yeah. It's a fake watch. Yeah. So that the parts are real. Oh, that's messed up. Real, and there's no movement. Okay. Right? That's why you never see the watch ticking. Okay. These ADs have the watch in the back, but they're only going to give it to certain clients that spend money. And how do you, so how do you get to that point? How do you, do you have to walk in with a big old bling watch and ring and, and they go, oh, that guy's got money. Let's no. sell him a watch. No, they don't care. Okay. Yeah, okay. they don't care. It's not like that. Like, let's say, a, how can I say it? Like a Daytona, right? Yeah. Rolex Daytona, the Panda Daytona, or even a black one. Everybody wants it. That one has gone over retail from the beginning of time. Okay. Right? What does that mean, over retail? Over MSRP. Okay. So MSRP on a stainless steel Daytona is only like $17,000 plus tax. You're looking at like eighteen five. Okay. But the watch on the resale market is thirty to 35000 And why? Because it's, it used to be where it was like a three, four-year wait list, but now it's not even a three, four-year wait list. And I'll explain to you why. So a lot of customers come and they go, well, I'm not going to pay that 30, 35K. I said, okay, it's fine. You don't need to pay it. Yeah. But if you go to an AD, you're going to end up paying it regardless whether you like it or What's not. What's an AD? An authorized dealer. Okay. Like a Rolex actual authorized dealer. Got it, right? got it. The reason why he's going to say, okay, well, if you want the Panda Daytona or you want the black, the Panda is the one with the white dial, the black bezel, right? Yeah. And then the black. Is that dial, like one of the most popular ones? That's That one goes for like a 10 to 15% premium over the black dial. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what he's going to say is, um, you know, hey, if you want the Panda, I'll get it for you in a few months, but I have this really pretty necklace that I want you to buy for $40,000. I see. That the necklace, if you come to me, I'll give you for twenty. Got it. Fifteen. I got well, it. Well, I don't want the necklace. Well, then I, I'm not going to give you the watch. So, so in order to 
you got to buy something that you really don't want to show that you really want what you want and they have it. Yeah. And if you do that, that kind of puts you in a little category that says, okay, um, we're going to sell you the watch. We're going to sell you the watch. But in reality, you end up paying the 35, 40K for it regardless. Right. you're overpaying for that piece that you're buying. Got it. So people that understand that, when people say, well, who the hell are these people that are paying these, you know, 35,000 and double retail, it's the people that already understand the game that want instant gratification. Yes. They don't want to wait a year, two years. It and sucks. buy things because then they're, they're essentially making you become a dealer, right? You have to buy this watch. You have to buy that. You have to buy yep. that. And then you have to go sell it at a loss yep. in order to get the piece that you want. Why not just pay over MSR, pay right. over retail price, right. get the piece you want and move on. So that's why you guys are so unique, right? So I have a relationship with AP and Rolex. Yeah. Don't have one with Paddock yet. Um, R- Ruth's a Paddock person. Yeah. I'm trying to be the Paddock <laughs> guy. I don't, I, you know, RM as well. But what makes you guys so unique is like I can come to you, Danny. I can go to I can go to the website, right? AP website or Rolex website or something like that, and say, "Hey, can you guys get me this watch?" And for some reason, you scour the world and you're able to get it. Yeah. Why is that? You know, a lot of people ask that, right? Like there was a um, a watch where it was only 18 pieces made. The watch retail was a Philip DeFore, right? Watch retail for like 20k, but it goes for like seven to eight hundred thousand. You can't find it in the world. It's only 18 of them. It's $18,000. Yes. And it goes for like six or 700 grand. Six, 700 grand because of exclusivity of it and the watchmaker and the name behind it, right? And not many people know it. Okay. So a guy walks in one day and he sees all of our inventory. He goes, well, I bet you you can't get this one. I asked so many people and they can't get this watch. (laughs) You're like, okay, I said, I'll find it for you. (laughs) Okay. A week later, I found the watch. I said, hey, I found the watch. I said, this is the price. He goes, oh my God. He goes, I can't believe you found it. He goes, how did you find it? I said, because we're well-respected in the industry. Okay. Right? When I put the call out, A, people know who we are. Mm-hmm. They know that we're legit. Okay. They know, A, we have the money to back it. Right? Because if a wholesaler, let's say you call me sometimes for a watch that's two, $300,000, right? Uh-huh. If a wholesaler or a vendor doesn't think I have the ability to buy it or the financial capability of selling it, they're not even going to reach out and say, hey, I have the watch. I see. Right? So you have to be well-known on a retail aspect, and you also have to be well-known on a wholesale aspect of it, too. And that that, is that worldwide? That's worldwide. And and so all these years that you guys have been in business, you guys have made legitimate transactions. You've you've probably made some mistakes. Of course. But you've swallowed them. Yes. Right? You you still paid, right? Yep. No big deal. So people kind of look at you and, and Gabe and say, or at Happy Jewelers and say, look, these guys are legit guys. And when they call, people move for you. People move. Exactly. Okay. I could pick up the phone and say, hey, I need this, 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 four or $5 million worth of inventory. It'll come to me the next day. No questions asked. Not even a dollar cent. Okay. Right? Like sometimes, you know, if I wanted that Philip DeFore for 700000 I wouldn't have to wire the money up front. The guy's going to send it to me make sure everything's perfect with the watch, and then we'll pay it. But the guy knows that if I say, hey, I'll take it, uh-huh. and let's say the customer for some reason backs out or whatever happens, he knows I have the financial ability to pay for the watch. Got it. Or if, God forbid, you know, you never know, something can happen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows I have the financial capability of paying the 200000 300000 So he's good. You know, he's, he's like, I don't have to worry about it. 
You know, compared to some guy you don't know, he's like, wait a minute, I don't know you. And, yeah. you know, you need to send me the money first. Exactly. Right? Exactly. That's, so that's why... That's why you guys, and you know, obviously this is a plug, but Ruth and I do some a lot of business with you guys because of the ability for you guys to actually just be out there and, and getting whatever you guys can get. Yeah. So how, so let's say, you know, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about watches. You know, I'm starting to make a little bit of money. Yeah. Where would, where should somebody start? If I go... If I go to the mall and I can't buy something from the mall, how do I get into this kind of luxury watch business? Not business to sell or buy, but I want to buy some watches. Where should I start? Like brand-wise? Yeah. So kind of like, that's a good question. A lot of people ask that. And I actually just did a video with um, producer Michael on that video, kind of like building your collection, right? Okay. Because a lot of people get intimidated when they walk in. They're like, well, I don't have 10000 I don't have 15000 I don't have $20,000 to spend on a watch, but I want a nice watch where when I walk in, I want to feel good about myself. Okay. Right? To a meeting or whatever. There's a lot of brands. I mean, you know, there's Omega Speedmasters that you can pick up for five, $6,000. There's, you could pick up older Submariners for seven, eight K, nine K. There's Tag Heroes that you could pick up for 2000 You can even go into the pre-owned market. And I always tell people, you know, especially younger people right, yeah. that are trying to make it, I go, you know, don't look at these people that are wearing these three, $400,000 watches and think that they just walked in. <laughs> And, you know, and spent the three, four hundred thousand dollars. A lot of people, when they're upgrading their collection, let's say, you know, someone like you, let's say Ed comes in, he wants a three hundred thousand dollar watch. Sometimes you'll outright pay for it. Yeah. Right. But sometimes you're like, hey, dude, you know what? I have this piece. Yeah. I bought for 80. Sometimes I have this piece and I'll pay you the difference. Yeah. That's what happens. So I tell people, you know, start, start comfortable. Make sure that you actually like having a watch on your wrist. Mm -hmm. Because I have a lot of wealthy, wealthy clients. They'll come in and buy jewelry for their wife. They'll buy this, they'll buy that, but they won't buy a watch. They just don't like it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. They they don't like it. They don't like watches. They don't like it on their wrist. Okay. Make sure you like the watch. You know, pick up a tag, Omega, pre-owned, or even a Breitling, three, four thousand dollars $4,000. Make sure you like the watch. Next year, your next paycheck, your next big deal, you know, trade that watch and buy a $6,000 watch. See, that's the difference, right? Because... But you just said in the beginning of the show, you said, look, Ed, you got to go and you got to buy this piece, this piece, this piece. And then you gotta, you're got you going to have to sell that piece. You're going to lose money on that piece yeah. to get the exact piece that you want. But with you guys, you know, and that's what I like about you guys. You guys, look, if I get a piece from you guys, right, and I'm tired of it. Let's yeah. say I don't want to wear it anymore. But then all of a sudden this really cool thing comes up. I can actually give you that piece back, yes. trade it in, yep. and pay the difference. Yes. Exactly. Is that is that what is that something that drove your business or is that what you're known for? It drove our business especially because people are like, wow, these guys actually back their product up. See, I see. Right? Because there's a lot of dealers that won't do that. Hey, I don't want to stock. They the won't piece. do that? No, they won't do that because they need the money. <laughs> it's the truth, right? They need the money. They need the money, right? So they have a piece. You know, let's say you call me for let's say you call me for a three hundred thousand dollar watch, right? Yeah. And you want to trade in two hundred thousand dollars, and you only want to pay hundred grand. Yeah. Well, guess what? I have to fork out that two hundred thousand dollars, and I have to buy that watch. Oh, that's right. Right. Because the inventory is not liquid yet. The inventory is not liquid, and the dealer wants to be paid. They want to be paid within twenty four to forty eight hours. Right. Right. And the guy's not going to sell you a watch and give you thirty to forty five day terms on it because <laughs> yeah. his profit is small too. You can't blame the guy. He's yeah. Right. Making you know five, six, seven thousand dollars on the watch. Right. Because a lot of people think that there's so much profit in the watch. There isn't? In the gray market. There is profit. Yeah. 
because your turnover is high. So volume. It's volume, right? Like let's say you buy, um, I buy a Rolex for thirty thousand dollars, right? Yeah. And I sell it for thirty two, thirty three thousand. Okay. You know, I'm making seven to eight percent of my money. Yeah. But that thirty thousand dollars will turn ten times in that month. I see. Right. So now it's like you're making twenty, thirty thousand. Got it. Where when you buy a diamond or a piece of jewelry, yeah, your profit margin is a lot higher, but you might sit on that piece for three months. I see. Right. I so see. That's how people in the watch business, in the gray market, or even in the watch business amass so much money, right? Because they're, they're turning is high. Wow. What does that sound like? 1031 crowdfunding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we turn our money all the time. It's the truth though. Yeah. That's the faster you turn your money, the more, the, the higher your return on, on your investment is. Exactly. And so that's why you guys can be able to buy back and things like, because you have the liquidity to go out and, and, and pay the guy. Yeah. And then you're willing to sit on the piece because you know, somebody's going to buy it from exactly. you. Exactly. Okay. Like, have you ever heard me say, Hey Ed, you know, you want this watch? Hey Ed, I need the money. No, God, no, Never, ever. no. I go out, I buy the watch, I put up the money, Yeah, you come in. That's why it's lovely, man. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, and it's instant gratification. Done. Sometimes I'm like, you know, we, 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 we like to go on drives on Saturdays, right? And we're like, we're tired of going down PCH and turn around and this and that. So we said, well, let's go to Fullerton, yeah. right? <laughs> Every time I go to Fullerton, man, I walk in that store, I'm like, Either I'm like, okay, I'm not spending no money. But every time I come out, man, yeah. like I'm spending money because yeah. you just got so much stuff. And then Ruth starts walking around. Yeah. Like one day we went there and, you know, Darian's got this big old chain on his neck. <laughs> All of a sudden, Ruth wants this big old chain on her I neck. I remember that day. You, you know, I and I'm like. Day. I started throwing a bunch of jewelry on it. I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I'm like, what just happened? What the heck is this, yeah. man? She's got this big old rapper chain, you yeah. know. I'm like, okay, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, just give me your credit. Like, You'll be good. But that's the beauty of our store, right? Yeah, yeah. You could walk in one day, and we're going to have all different types of things. Yeah, you and you even, like, you know, like, you guys make my rings. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I try to match a ring to a watch, and if I, like, you guys are making me, so I got that Qatar Perpetual AP yep. with the, the, I think it's ruby or whatever that color is. Maroon red. Yeah, maroon yeah. red, and I said, oh, I need a, a ring. Yep. So you, you guys are like, Gabe's like, I'll make it for you. Yeah. And, and that's what's pretty cool about yeah. you guys, you know, so because you got your shop, in L.A. Now, yeah. your shop in L.A., how many people you got there working for you? So right now, we have about 20 people in L.A. Wow. Yeah. But with the expansion that we're doing in the Fullerton location, we want to bring about eight of those guys. Oh, back to, 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 to Fullerton. So so you don't have to travel back and forth because exactly. you got now, you got, so you're, are you creating like a mini manufacturing there so that you can make things and things like that? Exactly. I see. That's yeah. why, that's part of the expansion. That's part of the expansion. Okay. Because we'd rather bring it all within, because, you know, when you're on top of your business yeah. and you have everybody there yeah. and you're on it, yeah. the flow is a lot faster. You right? mean like being, when, a, being a control freak? Being a control freak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. But it is what it is, right? Because yeah, no. Sometimes I tell my employees, I go, you know, we have a custom order comes in. It takes four to six weeks, but some of those orders, you can finish it in two to three weeks. See. Right? Yeah. And I'm not doing it because I'm trying to be annoying to you. I'm doing it because we're going to get paid on those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But yeah. we have like 500 of them. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, right? it's huge. You need to get paid and the money needs to turn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Money, like, you know, so. So let me ask you this. So, you know, I've got a bunch of notes here and, you know, we try to kind of you know, just wing it a little bit so it's kind of interesting, but yeah. I, I think some of these these questions are pretty cool. I mean, like, what watch brands 
do you recommend for collection and why? That's a good question. You know, why, why, what, if I want to collect something, what should I be buying? You t- you're talking like in terms of like value? Yeah, well, like, like. Or collectability. I can tell you both. Yeah, let's do both. Yeah. So like in terms of value, Rolex will always hold the most value, right? Really? Yeah, even though it's mass, like Rolex is mass produced. A lot of people don't realize that, but you know, they produce a lot of their watches. Like your Platinum Daytona, obviously that's low production, right? They okay. make that very exclusive, very rare. But, you know, the Day-Dates, the Submariners, the, the, you know, some of the Pepsis, the, the Starbucks, and those items, they produce a lot of those Starbucks watches. now. There's a watch for called watch Starbucks. For yeah. Oh, my God. There's even okay. a Guinness now, too. Oh, my God. A, a Guinness. Sprite. Oh my, a Sprite? Beer, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> so Rolex holds their value. The reason why is because... I can walk up to my five-year-old daughter and uh-huh. say, hey, do you know what a Rolex is? She'll say, yeah, I know what a Rolex is. I see. Is. Right? It's very popular. It's very popular. Okay. You can walk up to anybody. It's a worldwide brand. They're marketing geniuses. They know exactly what to do. They know exactly what product to put out. They know exactly who to put it on. And they made it a household name. Okay. I'm going to close my first big deal and I'm going to buy myself a Rolex. That's all. Yeah. Everybody says that. Everybody says that, that right? They're not saying Richard Milley or, or, or Audemars Piquet. They're saying Rolex. Exactly. So- I always, I always say this thing and people like, I put it on the YouTube thing and people like roasting me for it, right? Are they? It was crazy, but it's the truth, right? I always say, you know, a Rolex is your ticket home. Okay. Right? You know, back in the day before, you know, things were so accessible, people would take a Rolex with them on international trips, right? If God forbid something happened, you lost your money, you lost this, you lost that. That Rolex will get you a couple thousand dollars to get you home because it's a worldwide brand. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. Oh, wow. That, right? That's true. Yeah. Even though if the watch is worth ten grand, and somebody's like in a in a third world country is like, I'll give you two thousand dollars, it'll still help you get home. Yeah, yeah. Like that, it, that that, somebody will buy it. Somebody will no buy matter it. what. No matter what. You come to me with a watch with Rolexes. I mean, you see, sometimes you come into my store. Yeah. Seventy five percent of my inventory is Rolexes. That's right. Because the, it constantly moves. People constantly buy it. Okay. Right. Okay. So value wise, Rolex will always hold the most value. Okay, right? Rolex. Yeah. Collectability. So there's a lot of like. Brands like, let's say, H. Moser, right? A lot of collectors are putting a lot of money into it. Right now, they're only producing like two to two. What's an H. Moser? Which one is that one? This one is an H. Moser right here. Okay. This is a perpetual calendar, H. Moser. Okay. With a nine-day power reserve. One of the only perpetual calendars that you can actually go forward and backwards with the movement. This watch only retails for $65,000. Only? Yeah, only. For a perpetual calendar, though. And so, can you just go to the store and buy it? No. Same thing. Same thing, because... H. Moser only produces 2,500 watches a year. And so... A lot of collectors are putting their money into these because they think that the values are going to go up, right? And so 65,000 MSRP, what is it on the secondary gray market? It's about 65K. Okay. So it's about 60. It's okay, so you could, still, you could still go at yeah. retail and but get there's it. there's only one available. There, I have one, and there's only one other available one for sale. What does that mean? There's only two available for sale in the whole wide world right now. What? Yeah. Of this exact model. So why is it only 65 grand? It's just that's what the market is today. But that's why a lot of investors are collecting it in hopes that it's going to go up like FP Jorn, right? FP Jorn five, six years ago was not going for the prices that it was going for today. They just recently blew up with their production. Okay. Right? There was, okay. There's watches that you could pick up FP Jorns for $20,000. Today, that same watch is going to cost you $100,000. Some of them are, they were selling for $100,000, $150,000 because it wasn't as well known. Now it's selling for five, six hundred thousand dollars. You have guys like Kevin O'Leary and all these people talking about it. The values skyrocketed. So let me ask you this: So if somebody comes in, somebody comes in and and you know 
they, they have a watch. They they got it from MSRP. Uh, now it's like you know, let's say they got it for hundred grand. Now it's five hundred grand. Yeah. And at, at wholesale, you buy it for four seventy five or whatever you buy it for. Yeah. Is that tax free money? No. No. I, it's not because it's profit. Well, so let's say that's a good question. I, right, that, that's a very good right. Question. I'm here, right? I'm thinking. Wait a minute. So, I got a watch. I paid for it. Yeah, I paid for it with post tax dollars. Yeah, right. Because I when I buy it from you, I already paid taxes on that money. Yeah. right. I sell it to you. You give me cash. Yeah. How do I pay taxes on that? Well, I would give you a wire or a check. Yeah. Right, but okay. that's like. I don't know. It's like saying buying a house for a million dollars and then selling it for one point five. You're going to pay the gains. No. So, so are you reporting it to the IRS? I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm buying the watch. So no, I guess no. I'm not reporting. Am it. I reporting it to the IRS? It's up to me, right? It's up to you. So that could be tax free. It could be. I'm. I'm not giving you thinking tax advice. Okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. Right. And I know I'm in the investment business. Yeah. Right. But I just wanted. I'm like, wait a minute. So is that why? So. It's true. You're right. Uh, right. So it's like, you know, how do you, there's no, and, and that's why people are so involved in watches, right? Yeah. That's, I think it's like a gray area of, like, yeah, it, it, you know, I think if, that's, a, I, I, that's a very good. I don't want to say yes. No, or no. no I, yeah. We're not putting that Danny on the spot, yeah. right? Happy Julie does not do this. Let's, let's ask full disclosure, yeah. but I'm just asking questions as a guy who wants to make money, yeah. right? If I'm buying a watch and all of a sudden it blows up and I sell it to you, I'm making some good profit. You are. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that made big money off of this. Yeah. Like let's say literally a, maybe six months ago, eight months ago, where was the mar watch market then? 68 months ago is when it started decreasing a little bit. Okay, right? so when when it went bonkers, let's say a year ago. A year and a half ago. Yeah. I mean, you had a, this watch that I'm wearing, right? Yeah. It's the 5990 stainless steel. Uh -huh. This was going for $250,000. And what's MSRP? MSRP 60. Wow. Yeah. And that's stainless? Stainless. stainless $250,000 $250, for a stainless steel watch. Yes. And it was going for, and then you can get it for 60. You can get it for 60, but- you're not going to get it, right? You're going to have to spend tons and tons and tons of money in order to get it. Because it's just so popular? No, because the dealer, look, and I don't mean to put ADs on the spot. Yeah, yeah. ADs are not stupid. They know the gray market. Okay. And then when I say ADs, I'm not talking about Paddock Philippe. I'm talking about an authorized dealer. Okay. Right? You go on authorized, you go on Paddock's website, you look up authorized dealers and you want to go buy it from an authorized dealer. Okay. They're not dumb. They know exactly what the watch is worth. Right, right, right. Right. So they're going to get their money's worth. Somehow. Some way, somehow. I see. Yeah. Like they're oh. going to make you buy certain things. Like even if it's a Paddock dealer, right? Yeah. They say it as like, oh, we want to see your commitment in the brand. They right? always tell me that. Yeah. They all the time. Yes. Yeah. Hey, you know, we want to see your commitment and we want to see your collection <laughs> grow. Yes. So we want you to buy this grand complication. And then they want to know how many cars you have. Yeah. They want to, I mean, you have to build some kind of profile. Yeah, it's crazy. I had a customer come in um, yesterday, one of my really big clients. He goes, oh, because I sold him an FP Jordan. He goes, oh, I went into FP Jordan to re-register the watch under my name and I want to start talking to them. Uh -huh. He's like, I didn't realize this, but he's like, the guy was interviewing me for an hour and a half. Yes. He wanted to know what kind of cars I drove, where I go eat, who my friends are, where I go on vacation, 
Um, yes. Where I live. I have to show them pictures. Yes. I got to send them pictures of the car, boom, the plane, yeah. everything. And then they'll tell you, hey, you're a good fit for us or you're not a good fit for us. Right. It's the craziest it thing. It blows my mind. Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, you got to make money to kind of buy these things. Yeah. And even if you have money, they might still not want to sell it to you. That You might not be their fit. So like AP, right? Yeah. So AP, um, they don't want you selling watches. No. Right? So um, I bought a watch. From AP, and I sold it after a year. AP didn't tell me, hey, we don't want you selling watches. And no one told me that. If you go to Ferrari, Ferrari says, hey, Ed, if you're going to get an allocation, you you need to hold it for six months, and then you got to give it back to us, and we're going to sell it to you. So they all are very specific on the way they want to do things, right? But AP didn't tell me that, and I sold the watch, right? I sold it to you, right? Ed, did you sell a watch? (laughs) Uh, We got a problem. Right. So I had to go in there and I had to explain the situation. I'm like, look at the watch. I had it for over a year and they almost blackballed me. Yeah. Is that normal? That's normal. That's normal. But a lot of a lot of customers are getting fed up with it now. Are they? And I think AP will start loosening up a little bit because they can't financially expect you to keep it. Like I had a client of mine. The guy was buying a house. Okay. Right. Yeah. He sold four of his APs. He kept one. Uh He had five of them. One of them. He didn't sell them to me. He sold somewhere else. One of them came up. They called him. And, you know, the guy, the customer got pissed. He's yeah. like, hey, dude, look. He's like, I was buying a house for my family. I needed that money. Yeah. So if you want to blackball me because I was buying a house for my family because I needed that money as a down payment. Yeah. He goes, I had to watch it for a year and a half. He's like, you know what the hell with you guys? Black, like, he's like, no, no, we didn't mean like that. If you're buying it for, you know, financial like that, they just... After a year, year and a half, they won't say anything if you tell them. Yeah, that that's the key, yeah. right? They said, hey, Ed, we were cool with you selling the watch, but you need to tell us. Yes, they just don't want you selling it one day later, one month later, right? If you take a watch and you buy it and you grab it and it's worth 40K over, you come to a guy like me like, hey, dude, you know, you paid 70, I'll give you 110. Yeah. Like, oh, hell yeah, here, take it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's when they'll get pissed. I got it. Right, but if a year later you go to them, hey, you know what? I really don't like the watch that much anymore. I'm not into it. And I know you guys are giving me another allocation of this. Are you guys okay with it? Yeah. Most likely they're going to say, yeah, you know what? It's fine. Yeah. Go ahead and sell it. It's okay. But the way they look at your profile, they'll mm-hmm. look at it as like a collection, right? They'll look at how many pieces you have and then sure. they'll determine whether they give you a Turbion or they right. give you, you know, this watch right. or that watch. They right. want you to build your collection in order to, you know, I was showing you those pictures earlier, right? Yeah. Uh, perpetual calendar, uh, black ceramic skeleton. Yeah. Sick. That, Crazy, crazy piece. I think, what is it? Like MSRP is what, maybe a, a buck 20, what, buck 25? No, that one is probably like a buck 70, buck, buck 70. But what does it go for in the gray market? Gray market today, it's about 400K. Jesus. The height of the market was going for $800,000. Oh my God. Yes, but AP will make you, they waited my, they, they made my customer wait six years for that watch. And he had to spend $1 million dollars. One million dollars to get that to get watch. That. So his profile was built up enough to buy it. So and they made the money back. So if the market was eight hundred grand, yeah, that watch was eight hundred grand. Over a six-year yep. period, he spent a million bucks. Yes. So if he grabbed it for a buck seventy yeah. and said, "Let me sell it right away," he he lost money because he spent a million bucks on stuff that he didn't really want. Exactly, and the million dollars that he spent. It's probably worth five, six hundred thousand or four. That's how they do it, man. Yes. And if you get caught in that five years selling it, yeah. you're done. 
you're not gonna get it. So you're not getting it. It's so th- all that work, all that money, and yes. you didn't get it. Yep. That's what I'm telling you. Like these ads are not stupid. They're very calculated. I see. They know exactly what they're doing. And they're going to get the money from you whether you like it or not. Yeah, I was a little pissed. Yeah. I was a little pissed. I was about, you know, about to say, you know what? I was about to come to you. Yeah. And I was about to just buy a watch. Yep. I would have paid double for it. Yeah. And I was going to walk into that stupid store yeah. and say, screw you. Yeah. I'll pay double just to not do business with yeah. you. Yeah, because you don't have time. Right. You're a businessman. Yeah. You have so much going on. Because sometimes people go, who the hell are these people paying, you know, these astronomical prices for these pri- watches? I go, it's... People that don't have time to deal with that game. It's almost a full-time position. And then it's like the guy calls you and you're stressing out. Yeah. You're stressing out over a watch. Over a watch. It's crazy. I'm like, are you kidding me? I had to go in there. I told him, look, guys, do you really think I'm in the business of selling watches? Yeah. And that I sold the watch? Even if I made a profit of 5, 10, 15 grand, 20 grand, that is crap money for me. Exactly. Okay. I make way more money than that. Exactly. So if you guys think I'm out here selling watches to make money, you guys are ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it is. It that, blows it's, my mind. It's crazy. It blows my mind. Um, so let's let's transition into the economics okay. and investments. What factors influence the value of a luxury watch or a piece of jewelry? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good question. I like that. Yeah, let's go, baby. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. 50 years. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> it's the rarity and the demand. Okay. Right. You have a diamond. You know, let's say you have a red diamond, right? Red diamond is the most rare diamond in the world. Red diamond. Yeah. Never seen one. Yeah. You'll, you'll never see it either, right? Yeah. You know, a piece like that comes in. A red be, diamond. A red diamond, yeah. It's okay. going to be sold to this royal family. Okay. It's going to be sold to a private investor, locked away in a safe. You know, uh, let's say a half carat one carat diamond or half carat red diamond will go for like a million, two million dollars. Really? Yeah. But let's say you have like a one or two carat. Like I have a friend of mine that has a 10 carat pink diamond. Okay. He bought it like um, seven, no longer. I think maybe about 12 years ago for a couple hundred grand. Uh. That diamond is worth whatever he wants it to be worth. Because of the rarity. Yeah. Because it's like, go get it. Go find the diamond. So again, he bought it for 200 grand. Yeah. It comes to you. You say, I'll buy it. How does he pay taxes? That's true. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm just saying. Yeah. Right? How do you pay taxes? Yeah. I mean, the IRS ain't tracking my diamonds. No. Right? Do I have to call the IRS and say, I just bought a diamond? Yeah. I guess it's maybe if you get audited down the road, they might say it. I mean, the only problem I think about is like, okay, how do I put this cash in the bank? Yeah, that's a problem. That's probably yeah. where they catch you. That's where they right? catch you. That's where they catch you. All of a sudden, you have a, All of a, sudden, a deposit you're, you're, for 400K. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, where'd you get this money from? Oh, yeah, I exactly. sold the diamond. What'd you buy the diamond for? Bought it for this. What did you sell it for? Oh, you owe us money. Yeah. That's, that's how they get yeah. you. That's how the they get you. The government's not stupid. I yeah, they're going to catch you. They're going to get you yeah, whether you like it or they're not. They're going to catch you. Damn. I just answered my own question. Yeah. But it's just, that's the rarity of it, right? You have you see some of these paddocks and these watches going on auction for $15, $20 million. I mean, is it really worth $15, $20 million? Maybe, maybe not, but it's what somebody's willing to pay for, right? Because the watch doesn't exist. Okay. Right? You have some of these more modern watches when people go, well, I want something that in 30 years is going to be um, the most collectible. Well, then a day date is not your pick, right? Okay. Uh, Oyster Flex is not your pick. Okay. Right? You have to go towards more watches like the Platinum Daytona, right? Okay. They don't make that many of them. Okay. Each, each each Rolex store maybe gets one a year. Okay. And they're going to give it to their highest client. 
One right, a year. Or a rainbow okay. Daytona. Okay. Pieces like that, the rarity of it, right? There used to be these Daytonas with uh, ruby baguette bezels. I don't know if you remember those. I don't uh-uh. So they had like ruby bezels, soda-like dials, um, sapphire bezels. Those watches, five, six years ago, we used to buy them and sell them for $40,000, $45,000. Nobody even wanted them. What are they now? Leather straps. I just sold one with a sapphire bezel and a soda-like dial. One of the rarest combinations, right? The guy that bought it, you know what's funny? I'll tell you the story. It's a crazy story. Uh, I got to see So that. this Soto-like dial and sapphire bezel, I bought the watch six or seven years ago, and I wholesaled it to a dealer in New York. Okay. Right? Really good friend of mine. I do a ton of business with him. I sold him for like $38,000. And I had a couple really big clients coming in from Dubai. And like I said, again, right? I, we have the name. Yeah. The ability. I picked up the phone. I said, hey, dude, because I know he has crazy pieces that he buys. Um, I need a bunch of pieces. I have some of my big clients coming in from international, send me pieces. The guy sent me like $5 million in merchandise okay. and watches and stuff, right? Okay. And that was one of the watches, but it didn't click to me because it was so long ago. And I sold the watch. And I, today, the watch is worth $190,000. Was it the same watch? Same, you know, it's crazy, right? So I'm like, I sold the watch. Guy's going crazy over it. The cheapest one next to it is $220,000. And I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there and I go, I'm going through my invoices. I call him. I said, Hey, dude. I said, was this the fucking watch? Sorry, I that I sold to you? He started laughing. He goes, yeah, it is. He goes, I hope you, I wish you didn't notice. I said, you know, more power to you. The guy bet. He held it. Yes. And he, made that kind of money. Yeah, because he knew. He knew. This, this guy, six, seven years ago, was telling people he's one of the biggest dealers and probably the nicest guy, easiest person you do, to, to do business with, right? Uh-huh. Me and my brother always say business should be easy. If you make business easy, you'll be successful. Okay. And that's why he's successful. Because he makes it easy. He makes it easy, right? He told people six, seven years ago, hey, in four or five years from today, you're not going to be able to walk into Rolex and buy a watch. Even a Datejust, you're not going to be able to buy. And people were like, oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. But they respected him so much in the business. Yeah. They weren't calling him like a lunatic. They were still doing business with him, right? Yeah. But the guy was right. He held it, made a ton of money. He made a ton of money. And he has a lot of pieces like that. Does he? A lot of inventory like that where he held it. Put it away in the safe. Didn't care. Like, oh, that, that was his investment, right? That is crazy. Some people buy gold. Some people buy this. Some people buy that. But that's what I always tell people. You get a, a nice piece that's hot that people don't make, that they don't make too many of, right? Like, let's say the Sprite. It's a left-handed Rolex. Rolex is not going to produce that many of them. It's a left-handed Rolex. A left-handed Rolex. Have you ever seen the Sprite? No. So it's, um, it's uh, the one with the green and black bezel. Okay. The GMT. Okay. And the crown is on the opposite side. It's a left on the left side of it, right? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So Rolex, I, they might produce it forever. Yeah. They might not. But that's something that you can buy, hold on to. Okay. Right? Maybe in 10, 15 years, 20 years from now, it might be worth, I'm not going to, I don't want to sit here and say it's going to be worth $100,000, $200,000. Yeah. But it'll be worth some money. Okay. So what, tell me about diamonds. So, you know, there's a, and correct me, I'm wrong. I'm not in your business, yeah. right? So I know there's GIA. Yep. And what is it? ES- EGL. EGL. Yeah. And then there's AGS. And so if I go buy a diamond, here's what I know. If I buy GIA, yep. GIA is worldwide. Yes. I can sell that diamond all over the world, wherever. If I buy EGL or whatever that is, mm-hmm. that is not the case. Why is that? It is the case. It is the case. Yeah. But on a GIA stone, the dealer internationally, yeah. he'll buy it based on the cert. He'll buy it based on a piece of paper. Okay. Right? He'll look at the cert, the actual piece of paper. He won't even look at the diamond. And he'll make you an offer on it. Because of the certification. Because of the certification. Okay. Because of GIA's background, their strictness, 
and the way they grade their stones, right? Uh, EGL, they'll still buy it, but they're going to want to see the stone. Hey, let me see the stone. Let me see the grading. Let me make sure it's an SI2. Let me make sure it's an SI1. Because normally, and this is what I always tell people, between GIA and EGL, it's always one color grade or one clarity grade. It's not like... Difference. Difference. It's not crazy, crazy. Is that why... Uh, you know, normally when I when I ask you about diamonds and I say, okay, GIA and the other one, the GIA is a little bit more expensive. It's more expensive. But and it ends up evening out, right? Because if you sent the... Because a lot of people think just because the stone is EGL, you can't send it to GIA. Yeah. If it's GIA, you can't send it to EGL. You could get certs for both. Oh, you can? The same diamond, you can have certification for both companies. Okay. Now, I know I don't know if I should be saying this, but I'll just say it. Yeah. Right? What GIA used to be in the 90s is not what it is today. Okay. Right, because in the 90s, 90, 92, 93, 94, 95, or 80s, even when they were first smaller company, they were used to grade very, very strict. Got it. Today, they became a huge company, and what happens is when you become really big, you they kind of loosen up the quality and you lose things the quality like that. a little bit. I right? see. You have these companies from India and Israel and stuff like that, set, sending them five million dollars a month in diamonds to grade. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, so that's why even a lot of people that will get a GIA diamond that was graded from the 90s, yeah, 92. They'll actually take that stone, they'll rip up the cert, and they'll resend it to GIA. Okay. And the grading might come back a little bit different. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so you can't you can't go back to the bank with, with a, let's say if I had a diamond 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and I go, here, hey, can, I want to sell this to you. You might go, well, you know what, I'm going to get it recertified. No, Just, I'll buy it certified like that. Okay. But then I'll, I'll take it and I'll resend it in. Okay. And I get a better grading. Oh, a better grading. Yeah, you're more money. You're, you're a businessman, right? A better grading, not a worse grading. No, better. Got it. All yeah. right, all right. Um, so tell me, what did you bring today? I mean, kind of let's, you know, we'll walk through it really quick. Yeah. Um, you, know, I, you know, I asked you to bring some pieces, um, but let, let's look at these yeah. things. So I wanted to bring like a variety of things that we do, right? Okay. So I brought a Bulgari. The skeleton. I didn't even know Bulgari made watches. Oh, Bulgari stepped up their game the last couple of years. I mean, this is a. I mean, Bulgari like the Cologne Bulgari. Is yeah, that different? I guess yeah, you can is say. It, but it's, they, but it's, they're big into their jewelry. They're big. Into I had no idea. Big into watches like the Serpenti watch. Yeah. the one that wraps around the wrist multiple times. I had never seen that. Yeah, so they're stepping up. Oh, they're stepping up big time. I mean, look at this watch. Look at the thinness of it. The skeletonized dial. And that's a skeleton. Yeah, and but you know, a lot of people don't realize is Bulgari. They make minute repeaters. They make tourbillons. I mean, they make some of the craziest movements in the world. Really? Yeah. And so what does this go for? This one is about 35000 35000 And what is MSRP? Uh, MSRP on this one, I want to say, is around 36000 Okay. Yeah. So you can buy it pretty much retail. Yeah. So what is in here that I couldn't... I mean, like, I see... Is this stainless, the AP? That's stainless AP. Sta so what does the stainless AP go for, and what is that one worth today? So this one retails for around... But this is the older model. Okay. Right? So this one at that time retailed for around thirty four, dollars $35,000. Uh -huh. This one is forty-five k. Okay. So pretty pretty close. Pretty close. So do you have anything in here like you kind of say, all right, well, like for the like this Rolex, what, what does the Rolex go for? So this is the Pikachu dial, right? This is the hottest dial in the yellow gold. You're kidding me. Yeah. This one. So just, just that dial, like if you wanted a black dial version of that, it's like six k less just because of the face. The same retail. Same MSRP. It retails for around thirty k, but that dial right there goes for an extra six, seven thousand dollars more than all the other dials. But and dials make a difference, right? Like the Paul Newman, yeah, is like the Paul Newman dial. Like the white dials, probably white and black go for the least amount. 
So what is this MSRP? 30. And where does it go for now? 44. Wow. Yeah. And that's like, so I have one, but I have rose gold with the meteorite. I got it from you. That one what, is What's the difference? Crazier. So the meteorite dial, the retail on that one, I want to say is around 38,000, 39,000. Okay. Right. That one goes for about a buck 25. But that's the same concept, right? They're not going to allow you to get that watch unless you buy something really crazy with it. Oh, so it's not as easy to get. It's impossible. What about this one? And they just discontinued it, so you can't even get it anymore. Is it the same with this? No, they're still producing this. They're still producing So Meteorite, they stop for all Daytonas. They do not make it anymore. Okay, so is this factory? That's factory. So that's a pretty watch, too. That's a Yachtmaster, but this one goes for right about retail. And what is retail? Retail is around 46, like 46 to 47,000. Yachtmaster, is this 42, 42? That's a 40 millimeter. 40 millimeter. So Rolex always does interesting things, right? So the rose gold version, they'll only make it a That's 40 nice. millimeter and a 37 millimeter. I brought that so you can see it, actually. Nice <laughs> yeah, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> always selling. <laughs> ABC, always be closing. <laughs> but this one's cool, too. Let me check this out. This is an IWC. Yeah, I noticed calendar. that. I noticed that With right away. Photograph movement. I noticed that right away. So this is a boutique that only. Green. That's so pretty. Yeah. So these brands will do things like this. What too, is this, right? like 44? 47 millimeter. 47? Yeah, it's a big boy. The thing is huge. Yeah. So this one is a boutique only. So what that means is when people say boutique only, yeah. you can only walk into an actual IWC store uh-huh. and buy it. Like you can't walk into, you know, there's some stores that are authorized for 10 brands, right? That guy won't be able to get you the green on green perpetual calendar. No way. No way. Only an IWC store, but the watch is sold out everywhere. Really? But think about it, right? It's a perpetual calendar, and it only retails for around like $32,000, $33,000. And what is it aftermarket or gray market? Twenty eight. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Because of the rarity of it. Okay. Right? You can't get the watch. So if you want it, you're going to have to pay the price You're going to have to it. pay the price for it. Yeah. Well, man, in, in, in regards to your business, you know, I noticed that you know, you guys are very popular, yep. right? You're very popular with a lot of people, you know, happy jewelers, happy jewelers, happy jewelers. What is the future for happy jewelers? That's a good question. A lot of people say, oh, are you guys going to open up more stores? Are you yeah. going to open up more stores? We, we want to open up more stores. Uh-huh. Um, our future is more like the expansion of the single store. Okay. Because we do so much business out of state and through social media and through YouTube and um, through like the influencers that we work with. Our thing is, is like mine and my brother, there's a lot of transactions that happen at the store. If we weren't there, it would not happen. Really? Right? Yeah, because if we if we did a corporate, and let's say someone like you walked in, yeah. and you saw the Qatar edition AP. Yeah. Oh, I want to trade this in, I want to trade this in, yeah. I want to trade this in. That's a, not an easy deal to make if the owner's not there. I see. Right? I mean, I if see. the owner's not there, you're not going to be able to say, oh, I mean, sometimes you come in and I'll, Danny, I want to trade this 100 grand. Yeah. Hey, I want to trade this 50,000. Hey, I want to trade this. Okay, I'll give you a quarter million. A general manager's not going to be able to do that. I see. You know, it's like by the time they do the process, they'll... So it's you and Gabe that have to make those transactions happen. Yeah. So one of you guys are always at the store. Always. Always. It's very rare for us not to be... So you don't take vacations together? No. (laughs) Why? Because of that? Because of that. Is your dad still involved in the business? My dad, yeah. He runs our factory in LA. Okay. Yeah. And and is your mom involved too? Okay. No, no, my mom's not involved. Okay. So it's all the guys... All the guys. All the guys are involved. Yeah. Well, man, I want to thank you. You know, 
we, we try to we 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 try to you know make the show more about you know life yeah. right and life is like um you know god and family and children and business and yeah. and then luxury and you guys have come become very good friends uh, to Ruth and I, we absolutely trust you. And every time you give us advice, um, you know, we take that to the bank. So I want to say thank you so much for being on the show. We're going to have you back again, you know, when you, you know, have some other things here. But, um, you know, hey, if you need some stuff, I'm giving them a plug. Happy Jeweler. You guys got to go check these guys out, man. Thank you so much for coming to the show, man. Thank you, man. Thank you so much, brother.